For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the You're Going to Die podcast by me, Jordan Howes. For those who aren't familiar with what I do, I'm a professional photographer and content creator from Kent, England. I'm also a parkour athlete, I enjoy travelling, and from all of these things I've been able to grow an online presence and make content on the subject for people to enjoy. I've made this podcast to highlight a key mindset that I think is beneficial to everyone on this planet, and the clue is in the name, You're Gonna Die. It's a short, sharp, simple way of me showing how I feel about this world. Simply put, you're going to die one day, like it's inevitable. And from my experience, I think that fear in death is not beneficial and in fact a hindrance to living your life to the best of your ability. I find that the masses of people are so worried about taking risks and being afraid of the what if this happens and the what if this happens. And it clouds their judgment on what they should and shouldn't do. So in this podcast, I want to talk about the importance of risk taking by sharing my experiences with everything that I've done in the short time that I've been on this earth. Climbing buildings, traveling the world, being caught in some amazing and not so amazing experiences, entirely fueled by my desire to live my life to the best of my ability and and do what I love. And I hope this inspires people to do what they want to do and perhaps take a similar path or even just consider change in the pursuit of happiness and life fulfillment. In terms of the future of this podcast, I intend on making this a platform where it allows people from all different walks of life to come on and talk about their mindsets and their experiences and perhaps get a deeper understanding into their lives and how they do things differently. I want this platform to be a place where people can talk and reflect and express themselves in an unfiltered setting that won't get twisted or taken out of context. And it sort of gives people a voice who may not be able to express themselves in the same way on other platforms. I also intend to do Q&As, talk on trending subjects and just have overall fun creating content for you guys. But if you enjoy this sort of thing, make sure you go follow my other socials at housey.underscore on Instagram, housey on YouTube, that's H-O-W-E-S-Y. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy the podcast. So I was sat here for a while trying to think what climb or what experience could I tell first and what would be appropriate for the first storytelling on this podcast and I was thinking maybe I could tell my best experience like start on a good note maybe I could start on my bad experience but then I was just having to think since we're on fresh starts why not tell one of my first major climbing experiences and just to clarify this isn't the first climbing experience I've ever had this is one of the first like major climbing experiences anyway um, in terms of like going to London and actually going out to climb but the first building I ever climbed properly was one Blackfriars and for those who don't know who that is it's a wedge massive building in London and um, yeah it was interesting it was interesting um, I don't know how I want to start this story what were the good storytellers like hmm. hold on hold on it was the 24th. <laughs> it was the 24th of December, 2012. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. All right, all right. Hold on. Let me let me rethink. Right. So <laughs> it must have been probably. I'll be honest. Probably around like 2016 2017 times and at the time one black fries was actually under construction it was being currently built i might be wrong there but it sounds about right um but yeah it was being built and it had like obviously the crane on it it was a complete construction site so 
it was completely being built out or there was obviously on-site security and whatnot and I just woke up with one day and I and I was just thinking I just want to go and climb something in London like I'd been doing climbs in my local area for a long time and you know like the local high street roofs the local garages and all of that sort of thing but I was thinking I need to go out and do something bigger and I'd already watched videos of like big YouTube like big YouTubers who have been doing this sort of thing for a while and I just wanted to just do what they were doing so I so I went <laughs> I went to my friend's house his name was Rob um, I'm still friends with him now but he's in the army and whatnot now and uh, I said to him I was like we should go to London and just go and climb something like and to be honest like even at that age as well I was just quite spontaneous so we both just went yeah let's just do it let's go and we ended up then getting the help of another friend a guy called Morgan I know still a good friend to him as well and uh, yeah we got him on it as well so there were three of us and we were probably about oh I don't even know about 16 15 16 at the time I don't know if all my quick maths is is coming up but I'd love to <laughs> I'd love to get the correct dates but I don't think I've got like a like a set time or date for that sort of thing but yeah so we just got on the train that day and we just went out in the hopes of just this mad adventure like we just decided to go out and just do something and back then we were just young dumb and a bit stupid and when we got to London we actually like went to Waterloo Bridge um and we sort of stood there and looked around and thought what is the biggest thing I could climb? Like, it wasn't even considering the repercussions, like, considering what could happen. We just looked around and thought, what is the biggest building that I can get on? And from Waterloo Bridge, you can see one Blackfriars being built, and there was the biggest crane. It's still one of the biggest cranes. Well, maybe, but it's one of the larger cranes I've done. And I saw it, and I just, we all just looked up at it, and it was almost like a moment where we all just, like, yeah that's that's kind of the one so we just spent the day in london just we knew we couldn't do it in in broad day we weren't that stupid and we just spent the day having a good time and whatnot and then it got dark it got dark it must have been around like eight nine o'clock at this point um maybe even earlier maybe even about seven eight when it, it just got dark and it was around winter time as well so it was getting dark quite early it was quite cold and uh we were all stood there excited as always standard kids who start in urbex really and uh we went to the site and we were walking around the site and obviously we made lots of mistakes during this mistake number one being just hanging around too often like we were just there for like a good hour scouting this building out just walking around there's these massive site fences they must be like two three meters high there was a security desk you can see the security's in there so we know that it's active and it just it was an overall like thrilling experience to start off with like it was just one of them ones where we're just looking around like it's almost when you get like a first toy and you're just really excited about having it and we were just all so hyped up the adrenaline was running we was about to do this naughty thing that we knew we weren't allowed and it was just at the time it was just something that started motivating me to really go out and want to do stuff so yeah so we were at the bottom of this site and we're just looking around it and we see signs saying like guard dogs on patrol and all of this. And we had somewhat urbex knowledge at the time and we and we kind of knew that like that was rubbish. So we're all just laughing at each other like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And we scouted it out for a long while. And, and once we'd done our scouting, we'd sort of realised that like the main entrancey part was probably the best bet to get over. We'd scouted out all of the cameras from what we knew. Um, and we obviously saw if there were any sensors and all of that sort of thing and if the security did come out. And to our luck, they didn't. So uh, like at the start they didn't come out or anything like that so we were pretty much chilling there but yeah so it was go time basically it was we've checked it out for an hour the time was probably about like eight nine o'clock now uh and we were just just going for it so we all just run and like jump over this side fence like looking back on it now it was the baitest thing like it was so obvious but somehow we got over the fence and didn't get hurt um and we had at the time as well we knew that 
obviously jump, jumping over a site fence like in in times like that in a place like that you need to sort of like test secure a reaction and stuff so we waited over the other side of the fence for like a good five minutes to see if any reaction comes so if obviously the security then did come we could just jump out and run but that's just like one of the small things that you can do to to make like to minimise the risk of actually getting caught, you could always just say like, oh, I kicked my ball over the fence or something like that. <laughs> I've used that one in some mad circumstances before as well. But yeah, we were just over this fence. So I was waiting for a little while, maybe like five, ten minutes. Nothing comes. So we were like, perfect. And this crane, I don't know if you can imagine a crane in your head, but it was a yellow crane. It was about oh, something like 160 metres at the time or something like that. And we were just stood at the bottom of this massive crane. Like, it wasn't the first crane I'd done before. I'd done some in my hometown, but nothing like this before. This was a whole different ball game. And for Rob and Morgan as well, this was new as well because they hadn't done much crane stuff in the past. And it was just new and exciting for us all. And it was just perfect. So... We sat at the bottom of this crane. There's cameras on the crane, which we found out later on. We didn't know they were there. And honestly, I do not know to this day how they did not see us. We literally climbed almost in front of this camera. And like the whole crane at the bottom, probably four floors up, is completely lit up with like floodlights and stuff. And we just went for it anyway. So we climbed up these ladders. We're going up, excited, ready to go. Four floors up, right? We hit this gate. There's like a, a trap door gate type thing at the top of the ladder. And we're all just sat there like, oh, it's game over. But then... I give the the gate like a little push and it's got like a chain, a chain attached to it to stop it opening. But whoever locked it up that day was stupid enough to leave a Jordan size gap in that chain and clearly a Robin Morgan size gap as well. Um, they're a little bit bigger than me. I'm, I'm only a, a small boy, so I don't know. They still managed to get through. So you can sort of imagine how big that was anyway. And, and it was just so loud because this metal chain was just hanging down and just dangling around and i'm trying to lift up this hatch without making this without making this uh like chain rattle around or nothing like that but somehow we push it open squeeze through this gap we had to like some of us had to take clothes off and stuff to squeeze through this gap and and once we got through we were sort of stood on this platform like almost like shaking with excitement because like we just got through like the first little obstacle and it was just such a new and cool thing to do and we were just there and it was just an unreal experience for me at the time and then once morgan and rob were through we just started climbing up and up and up and the higher you go on a crane, the less likely you are to be spotted because it goes dark after that anyway. And once you're up there, like you can hear less sound. It was quite a windy night as well. So it wasn't too bad. But on this occasion, I just, I don't know, I just went really fast. Like I ended up losing them both and I ended up getting to the top of the crane like a good five minutes before both of them. And a little fun fact for you while I'm here, Morgan is scared of heights. So taking him up a crane was like, obviously something mad anyway but he managed to do it he smashed it to be fair in the end but he was so scared on the way up well maybe not scared but just you know what i mean like it's like a highest thing it just sort of like makes your body lock up a little bit so he took a little bit longer but he got up in the end so it's all right but i got to the top and i remember just standing there and looking around and just like it was windy it was a little bit like rain in the air but like i was stood on top of london it was almost like i was on top of everything it's it was the tallest building around and like I was, it was just a surreal experience. Like the adrenaline was just crazy. It's like ever since I was a child, like I was doing not naughty things, but like I didn't really like. It's almost like the red, the red button scenario where you get told not to press a red button. I would be the child who pressed the red button just to see what it did. And I've always been that way. And that's sort of, I guess, one of the main reasons I got into what I was doing. And I was kind of stood on this crane thinking this is naughty but this is this is amazing and I was just looking around and at the time I did have a camera so I started taking a few photos got my tripod out my fingers were freezing I literally remember it so well and I got some photos while I was up there blah, blah, blah. Uh, they'll be on my Instagram if any of you want to go look but they weren't the greatest this time so don't judge me and once again my Instagram is at housey.underscore that's h-o-w-e-s-y
and we were stood on top of this crane and it was just it just filled your body with this different emotion i don't even know how to explain it but you'd only ever get it if you do that sort of extreme sport and yeah we just got photos and chilled up there for a bit and we knew it was time to get down we'd had a look down there was no security at the bottom or anything like that and on the way down i'd noticed like on the way up there was a like a, a platform like a crane walkway over from uh the crane to the building and i remember going over and on the other end of this like walkway thing was like this little door it almost looked like a little hobbit door it was like maybe four foot tall maximum and i like opened this door and it was like some 007 mission for me at the time it was like i felt like i was in some next film dude like with like a charge in my hand like about to blow the door off and breach the building or something but like it was so weird i opened this door and i just like I was I was quite scared. I'm not gonna lie, like because I had no idea. I'd never been in a building site that big, so I had no idea what to expect. But I opened the door and went in and had a walk around. But Morgan and Rob eventually didn't want to actually go in in the little door, uh, and I think Morgan was uh, obviously quite scared of heights at this point as well. So I think he was pretty much game to go down. And yeah, we ended up just climbing down, going down as normal. And uh, when we got to the bottom, opened the gate, slid through the gate absolutely fine jumped over the site fence and ran off and it felt like I just achieved like a marathon like when we got away and walked off and we just knew we had had that like the sickest night and we'd just done one of the maddest things and I feel like that was one of the biggest stems for climbing for me like it just grew this passion into something that was just absolutely unreal I'd just gone from like this kid from Kent who was climbing little like garage roofs and then suddenly just going out and smashing some of the biggest buildings in London and it was just like a big turning point for me for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. huge motivator for what i did and what i have done now and uh almost like a little seed to be grown for the future but yeah we got away and then we ended up spending the rest of that night sitting in a mcdonald's trying to get some sleep because at this point we'd missed the last train home we were on the crane for like a good hour and a half two hours just i mean taking it in really like when you do that sort of thing you just you're a bit speechless so you're just taking it in but yeah we got down we ended up sleeping in some mcdonald's getting kicked out by the security guard because we were all just napping on this mcdonald's table and then uh for those who were in the urbex scene just knew you were just sort of walking around london at, in the middle of the night looking for something to do and we ended up just getting the first train home at like 6 a.m going home telling my mum about the experience i remember her face she was terrified when i showed her the photos it was like the first thing <laughs> that i'd actually done that was huge and she just looked at it, it was like jordan what are you doing <laughs> but the thing is like my mum's always been pretty right with it and I'll get her on this podcast one day as well to talk about all of the experiences and everything and how she's felt about it over the years because it has changed but in general she was all right with it once I showed her the photos and she knew I was home safe she was just like okay cool cool but yeah one Blackfriars it was it was just unreal like it was just an unreal experience and the people I was with at the time Rob was my best friend Morgan was a close friend of mine as well so to share that with them as well it was great and uh after that, I mean, we, I did do climbs with Rob Morgan after that, but they've taken both of the say, uh, like different walks of life and, and gone and done other bits. So, yeah, I mean, I'm guaranteed even today if I went, oh, boys, you want to go on a little climb, they'd probably join me and they'd probably enjoy it. But, yeah, that was that was my first proper climb and it, like, really impacted me in terms of, like, going back and doing it because it was just this raw motivation to just want to go out and just 
do it again and again and again and just recreate that feeling that I had that night. And I think that's one of the main feelings that people who do what I do are chasing. It's that feeling of like adrenaline and feeling like you're so close to falling, but you're not falling. And it's just like, it's really hard to explain and put into words. Like it's the same as if you was like a, I don't know, like an extreme athlete in like skiing or mountain biking. It's like when you hit that first massive jump or you hit that first massive like downhill like track or something like that, and you're just, oh, it's just a different experience. And it's that that I think that a lot of people should be should be aspiring to get as well. Of like if you're someone who likes extreme sport and likes like taking these little risks and stuff, just chasing that feeling is the most unreal feeling in the world. Like it just does bits on your body and yeah it was just amazing and just had a sick night but later on as well this is actually quite interesting i know someone else who did it who those who are listening who know you Lama, he also did that climb similar time of year i think and uh i can't remember if it was his oh no i think it was ali law's video actually where they tried it and when they tried it the security actually like caught them in the act or like uh like caught them in the middle of doing it and I remember seeing the video after and I was thinking that could have literally been me. Like that could have been so bad. The security guards in there, they were like these massive African like fog security guards who were like threatening to like beat them up and stuff. And I just remember showing it to Ron Morgan and being like, yo, that could have been us. Like we, I don't know how we got away with that whatsoever. Like we literally just banged it, got down, left, smashed it out. It was absolutely fine. And then I just see this video of Ali and everyone just getting gripped by these security guards. And I was just, oh, it was mad because it's even better then because it's like Ali Law, who was at the time considered like a big, well, still is considered and is one of the biggest faces in Urbex. And I was just like, how was, like we managed to get away with something that they like got seen on or whatever at the time and that was just like an adding factor to how good it was and again adding factor to like the motivation and whatnot to go out and do it again and we just wanted to go out and just smash more like that and just it was so it was such a good feeling it just was incredible and yeah we was like slightly realized that at that point London security was worse than what we thought it was like we were climbing this building expecting there to be like fairies come out of the security office and she's like oh it's all right you can go but no they're actual thug security guards uh who aren't playing around and would not be like hesitate to slap you like <laughs> as other stories will tell you in the future as well so that was like my first eye opener to like london security as well like seeing that and knowing that that could happen so that was just even better for me at the time like knowing that i'd got away with something like that and it was just oh incredible incredible like i've climbed that building and the way i felt on that building is almost the exact same feeling that i felt on every single climb that i've done since it's never it's never become less for me like i know a lot of people who have to like build up and stimulate themselves in different ways but for me just the idea of being up high and and hiding from security and getting away from people has always been an unreal feeling it's just like been something that has never gone away from me and i'm really grateful for that as well because even now when i do climbs i just appreciate it still when i just stand up there and just take it all in and it's just it's just a crazy one it is a crazy one um and I don't know, it's just, I've also, I've almost like taken that mindset from everything into everything in my life. Like just, just do it rather than just like being scared of it, just go and do it. And it's just, it's really important to see that as well, to, to like better, like better myself to take these risks and actually want to go out and, and progress and, and get these experiences. If I just stood at the bottom of that site and said, you know what, Nam, no, I'm a bit too scared or I don't think it's going to work out. I would have never got that experience. It would have never motivated me to go out and experience and do more things like that and obviously then spiral into everything that I'm doing now. But yeah, that was my first major climb. So 
I hope you enjoyed that little story. That was that was a bit of a, a trip in memory lane, to be honest. Pretty pretty funny one as that as well. It was it was quite good because it was successful. Obviously, if I got caught that night by them wedge brick shit out security guards, I probably would have been in a bit of a bad situation. This like little fifteen year old kid, like with his two random mates just in your sight. Like I don't. They probably would have just laughed at us, slapped us around the head, and sent us home. But yeah, that was just that was just one of the main ones. But that's pretty much where it all started. So in terms of London climbing, anyway. But yeah. After that first big climb and when I got back and showed all my friends all of the clips and showed my mum all of the clips and the photos, etc. That was like the first time that I started to have to like really think about how I would justify to people what I was doing. Because looking from an outsider's perspective, if those of you who are listening and never climbed anything in your life, you're probably thinking this kid is mad. This kid is mad this is mental like for doing all this sort of thing but until you actually experience it you'll never know the sort of feeling that we go through to actually go towards it and what I find is like most people in the urbex community who do what we do have this like desire to chase freedom and like have this means of going out and doing something and just like almost expressing yourself and feeling like you're not part of the system and you're not being controlled and whatnot and I feel like that's a big thing that a lot of people have in 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 common and not many people talk about that either, but I feel like that is the underlying factor in a lot of people who do urbex. Like, and a lot of people also think that people coming from urbex are all like dysfunctional people. Like, I've come from an amazing family. My mum brought me up beautifully. Um, I've grown up with siblings. They all turned out absolutely perfect as well. And like people would consider me to not do something like this because of my upbringing, but it's not the case at all. Like you'd think like completely like all these people are doing this are like hoodlums they're bad people they're just doing it like because they're trying to be reckless but it's not that whatsoever like people's mindsets towards urbex are completely different you might have one person who wants to go out and do it because they enjoy the thrill of like winding up the police and and like trying to cause problems but at the time when i was that young and me and my friends were doing it our mindset towards urbex was nothing like that it was go get photos don't let anyone know you were there don't cause any reaction and we really took and i still do take gratification in that once i've climbed the building and got down and not been caught or not even been noticed like I've done something and no one even knows I've done it until I've taken the photos and that's something that I really appreciated growing up as well Uh, and also growing up from a parkour community where everybody teaches you to be the best person you can be and and better yourself and condition your mind and your body etc they almost influenced me like indirectly not to be that kind of hoodlum street kid who would just try and cause issues and and try and like cause a fuss so I was quite grateful in that I had good friends as well and good family who taught me not to do that. And I've definitely met people in my time who do urbex for more, I don't know, criminal purposes. Not that it's criminal, but like more criminal purposes. Like they do it because it's almost like something they can do to just be like, haha, I've like got one over on the police and security and stuff. And it's just, I don't know, those sort of people never tend to go far in, in the scene because once you start doing things like that and getting caught and and making a fuss it brings more attention to the to the subject and more attention to the i say sport it's not obviously a sport but it brings more attention to the the hobby i guess and then buildings that everybody likes to climb and and obviously this hobby that we love to do then starts to get shut down because people are constantly like alert insecurity insecurity then heightening their their measures and more's coming out so over the last like five years and ten years 
urbex has changed so much it's gone from being this thing that was like a little bit less understood and not many people knew about it to being this like massive community of people who i'd say hundreds and thousands maybe even more who just all share a similar interest in climbing buildings but obviously this comes with downsides of getting height and security and whatnot and nowadays climbing is a lot harder than it used to be and a lot of people especially the younger generation of climbers and stuff aren't seeing like the the purposes of climbing that we saw when we were younger of doing this cool thing that no one really no one really like knew that you were doing but now it's like i see a lot of people just being reckless and going in sites and breaking stuff and and like purposely like winding up security to get a reaction and it's just like I know for a fact, and I speak for half of 90% of the urbex community, that it's just not the way to do it. And obviously you can have a laugh and a joke with your friends and whatnot without being an idiot and doing things with the intention of causing buildings to get lock off. And a lot of people don't see it because if you're not in the parkour community, you don't really see the internal beef and the internal drama that actually occurs within this community. It's like everybody has this like vendetta against each other slightly about like, breaking things like if you if you bait out a roof or if you do this you do that you get scolded like it's cutthroat man like honestly if you do certain things wrong or you like you do something clearly stupid it's almost like there's a code of conduct within the community and it's beautiful to be fair because most people will just abide by it and it's just like an unwritten rule of just not being stupid but then then ones that don't almost get scrutinized massively for like graffiti in their name on roofs and stuff like you know them stupid ones and it's just like, it's just one of those things that, oh, I don't know, it's like politics within everything. There's politics and it's like urbex is no different. And a lot of people from the outside outside world don't actually see that. But it's quite an interesting view from the inside. And it's something that I learned definitely as I as I went through the, the urbex scene. And even nowadays, it's it's gotten a lot worse because buildings are harder to get into. So people sometimes, uh, you know, bail roofs in different ways. But yeah, I'm I'm glad to see that there's a lot of people in the parkour and urbex community that still have the mindset of doing stuff because it's like exclusive and like you've got away with it and taken photos and and not like done something stupid. In another podcast, I will talk more exclusively on urbex politics and how it all works and and like all that sort of thing as well. But yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a bit of an insight into how we do it. If you're not in the urbex community, it's probably quite interesting to hear from like an outsider's point of view as well on how all of this sort of thing works. But yeah, I hope that that gives you guys a bit of a introduction into the inside of the urbex community and and like how everything goes and just like a little experience from me there as well, a little bit of a motivation and whatnot. But that pretty much concludes the end of the first podcast and uh, I hope you guys sort of found that interesting and entertaining. I'd like to hear all of your feedback, so you're more than welcome to directly contact me or message me on whatever and whatnot and uh, just let me know what you think about it. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed and uh, i'll see you in the next podcast thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the you're gonna die podcast i hope you enjoyed it if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the show and if you're interested in more content like this follow my instagram at housey.underscore i hope you enjoyed this thank you so much for listening and have a great day for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.